there is a lot of knowledge, experience, and wisdom that can be gained in the weight room. You're listening to the show that takes that wisdom from the weight room and weaves it into your everyday life. All right. Welcome back to Wisdom of the Weight Room. This is the podcast where we take the wisdom gained from our weight room experience and we weave it into your everyday life. We're here. Here we go. Uh, I got to start by saying this. I'm feeling like junk right now. And let's explain why. I had some bad salsa last night. I bought this mango, uh, like mango salsa, but it's like chopped up vegetables. It's not like the soup. Was there mangoes in it? Yeah. It had like, okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it's like a mango salsa. Spicy? Eh, tangy. Okay. It wasn't like spicy. What made you buy it? What were you were you eating chips I just and been, salsa? No, I've, been, I've been putting it on like my, my oh, rice and uh, yeah. beef and stuff. Yeah. Uh so I bought that. I ate it last night. I think I had like the last bit of it or somewhat left. So you've been eating it prior to this? Yeah. No problems. No problems. Okay. And so I know this is a factor because so I ate it last night, then uh middle of the night I woke up feeling like crap and I had to go to the bathroom. You have to pee, or uh, I, had to, I, had to, I had to let it loose. All right, freaking out the bum. Yep. Uh, I did that on and off throughout the night, okay. and then I woke up like the third time, puked my brains out. Mm-hmm. What is going on? And I kept tasting like the mango salsa that I had earlier. <laughs> I'm like, and I was even like burping it up. I'm like, it has to be this thing. So I ran in, not ran in, but I walked into the kitchen. I had a little bit left. It was still in the refrigerator. Pulled it out. It said February 19th or eight, I think 18th. So it was, it was like two days old. And it was fr- like fresh vegetables. So that stuff goes bad quick. It doesn't yeah. have, you know, when like you see something that's expired, but yeah. it has probably a few days. Yeah. This did not. It had, <laughs> it, it definitely had to be that because oh, it was, it was gnarly, man. So yeah. then, uh, then all morning, I got up at like 630. I got no sleep just been like belching shit and puking <laughs> well i only puked once but so if you have just to been getting go out of the my air system. it's because you have to go poop or what i think i feel good now okay it's been about an hour since my last bathroom episode visit, but it was like every 15 20 minutes hey that's good for your weight loss yeah oh yeah so uh other than that it's been good how about you miguel how was your week uh it's been good it's long weeks are so long said so you you said you had the your uh your bathroom fiasco. Yeah, so we keep having. It's not like it's sewage, but not sewage. It's like the like we get to a point where the, the, it's coming up through a hole in our basement, um, back up, and so like we've been dealing with that. We keep getting the bathroom dry, and then it comes again and comes again, and so hopefully by tomorrow we'll get it fixed, and we won't have this water issue. Super annoying. Um. But, you know, when something happens, everything happens. So uh, we were having issues at the gym with the heater when it was negative 27 degrees. It was like 53 degrees in there for like four days. But then it was random because some days were like 65. So I don't know why. I mean, I think it was just getting overworked, Yeah, our heater that we had. But now it's like, you know, since we're back into the warm weather, which is crazy, like teens are warm. Dude, 30 degrees was it yesterday or? Yeah. I think 30... Dude, I was out in shorts. 30 degrees felt amazing. Yes, in a, in a sweatshirt. From like negative, it was straight up negative, negative 20. 27. 
is what I the worst I saw. So like a full Four, 180. Yeah. And so it's warm right now. Um it's funny how I see this online all the time, like 30 degrees going from our type of climate that we were having previously, like that negative 30. Yeah. Like we think 30 degrees is like amazing. amazing. But then you have people like that fiasco down in Texas, Texas. or just in like in general, you mm-hmm. see people even like on the coastlines. Yeah. They see 30 degrees and they're like bundled Whoa, up. We're like, cold. we're like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, we can go for walks. Like We can do crazy things. No, so we were dealing with that, and then the house issues, and it was just like, geez. And then, but like all of it's like, you can't control everything. That's what I keep telling myself. I just want to scream sometimes, because it's just so annoying dealing with this crap. But it is what it is. We're everything. We're all healthy. Everybody else is good. So the little things like that are minute. Yeah, it costs money, but at the end of it, it doesn't really matter. So yeah, it's a small factor. It is. Um, how'd yeah. the how'd the baptism go last? Yesterday? Oh, it was good. It was in, it was a nice little short service. Um, Magnus just slept the whole time, so except when he got water put on his head, it was pretty funny. Woke up for a second, but no, it was, was he good. Like pissed off? Not a little bit. He was uncomfortable with yeah. it, but we had you know close family there. Um, my buddy Dontarius is his godfather. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, which is kind of funny because I I was gonna if we have another child. Uh, I'm gonna ask you to be the godfather of oh, his, his oh, or damn. her. Um, Big it, shoes to fill. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's kind of fun, like you know, picking out your godparents because it, it's, you really, I don't know. It's all it's different and probably different people's religions, but for Ali and I, we haven't been part of the church probably for two years, three years. I don't know. We just it's not that we're against it, church. We just haven't been going. We haven't found one that we really both like. Yeah. Do I, you know, and that's something that we would like to do at some point. We just haven't, I don't know, pushed it a lot. It's definitely a process. It is. You want to be in the right spot. Um, But we thought it was important for, you know, I got baptized when I was a little baby or a kid. And I I don't know when Allie did, but um, we wanted to just do it and get it not over with, but it was... I don't know. It was nice. And then, you know, picking out your godparents, you want somebody that's going to help lead your child in the way of what God would want. And so, you know, when I think about Don Terrace and when I think about, you know, you and, you know, our godmothers and whatnot, I think they will do a good job or doing that, which is cool. So, but it was good. It was nice. How you feeling? So this is like the second week we've been doing this little diet challenge, right? Is it second or is it third? I think it's second. Okay. We started on a third, and that's why I think it's all odd because we started on that Thursday. Thursday. So we're in like a like. Is it, so would this be starting the third week? Yeah, we're going into the third, the third week. week. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. When you look at it on like a a calendar, what day did we start on the third? I think we fourth. fourth. Ah. Or, we started yeah so one two we're looking at a calendar so, right now if you guys two weeks. okay yeah that but that's why it feels weird because you feel like this week was the first week but we started at yeah. the end of the week so it just and i i had that feeling the other day i'm like man we've been doing this for like a month yeah but it's been like two weeks yeah you know for me it's i you know we talked about this the other day my results aren't astronomical right now 
you know, and that, so Brock and I had mentioned our weight, you know, loss, body fat loss in the last podcast when we were all over the place. But so we're, we just said we're two weeks into it. This will be the third week. And so changes for me are a little bit different from Brock and Brock will tell you about him. But for me, I'm not personally trying to lose weight fast. I'm doing it in a slower rate so I can try to maintain my strength as yeah. much as possible and not, you know, cause that's how I'm training. And so it's kind of discouraging. Like, I mean, I feel good. I like it. I feel great when I eat the foods that we're eating, the healthy foods. Um, and so I, I like that. And then when I don't eat healthy, I really feel not guilty, but I feel, I don't know. I feel somewhat guilty, I think, but it makes me more aware of it. You know, like yesterday at the baptism, we had sloppy joes and they were amazing, but you know, like sloppy joes. And But the cool thing is, is like my mom's all, I'm pretty healthy all the time. So like, she's like, what do you guys want me to make? And I'm like, well, let's do a fruit tray. Let's do a vegetable tray. And then, you know, we had the chips with, uh, with, uh, um, sloppy joes. But then, so we, I ate a lot of fruits and vegetables just to fill me up first. You know, that's what I normally do. And yeah. then, um, we had like ice cream sundaes. Gosh, dang it. Here we go. You know, you go down that rabbit hole and it's really like, oh, well, I'm already started, but it was a special occasion. Um, and so we just kind of let ourselves go a little bit on that. And then like Friday night, we did our pizza because we haven't done that the last two Fridays. Yeah. But normally I eat like six pieces and I was really kind of being more cognitive of just, hey, slow down when you eat, you know, eat until you're not hungry. Don't eat until you're full. So I ate three pieces yeah. but i also justified it and that's somehow that's how my brain works in that weird way where we did friday there was 10 of us in the gym i had not all the rugby guys were there but it was me skip and then the rest were all rugby kids um so eight rugby guys so we split into two groups of five and we were doing box squats so we did a race to 1000 reps on the squat with 225 so I th- Has it always been a thousand? You bump no, up those I bumped it up. Well, what we did was we used to we do three hundred, right? Three hundred with three, three people. people. So with five, we did race to five hundred. But I'm going to talk smack. We smoked the other group. That's two. Is that two hundred a piece? Then? Uh, I would no, say I'd, it just depends on the person. Yeah. You know, okay, like some guys, some guys were hitting tens. I was hitting twenty consistently so you, yeah. with two twenty five. So you weren't equally distributing no. those reps. You, you do as many it. as you can. Yeah. Okay. So. We got to 500, and they were still at 365. So we were, like, waiting around for a few minutes. I'm like, well, okay, screw it. Let's just go Double to 1,000. Yeah, because, like, this is – I mean, I don't really feel too bad. Yeah. And it's boxed, so it's it's not – doesn't it's not like a normal squat when you do it. So we just went to 1,000. Um, and then we did this ab exercise afterwards. So I was smoked, and I was hungry as hell. And we didn't eat until, like, 7.30, 7.45. So that's always bad, too. But – you know, I was just like, whatever. You got to live it up, too. I mean, I can't, I can't personally do a diets don't work for me. I just try to be as realistic as possible. And so, like, if there's a time where, like, our baptism, where it's a special occasion, it's not, I'm going to be more cognitive of how much I'm eating, but I'm not going to just, like, we've talked about yeah, said between us. Yeah. We're not just going to stop eating yeah. because of, <clears throat> that we're just you be more aware and that's what everybody else that listens to this should be doing you know in regardless of what you how your eating habits are just be aware of 
how you're, what you're eating, putting into your body. You know, if don't if you're on some type of plan like we are, I don't want to call it a diet, but our competition or whatever, you just have to to think about you know what you're eating and just do it minimally compared to what you normally would do. Because like normally I would eat like six sloppy joes. And then I'd eat, you know, a ton of other, you know, crap with it where I did, you know, like I just said, the vegetables and fruits first to kind of get my stomach filled. Um, and then I did two and a half sloppy joes, which for me is a win because normally I do a ton. Yeah. So it's just being, you know, smart with it. So there's a little bit of a change going on. Yeah, for sure. And, and I could tell like in that aspect and I feel physically I'd, I like nothing has really changed. I feel less fat in my stomach but the i i doesn't i don't think you could tell it's not that drastic like when i look at you today brock i can tell that you look physically like you've lost as much weight as you have so how's it been for you yeah so i've done more of a of a drastic drop in both how i diet and how i exercise um like i said when we started this whole like journey of our challenge whatever you want to call it changing our our lifestyle habits it was something that was like on my mind even prior to that so it was just a flip of a switch and I kind of just rolled with it uh and it's been good and I knew if I like from my personality and like just my characteristics and like just how I felt about like my image I knew I had to do a more like aggressive approach to it so uh, cut my calories down. I started out really small, um, and I actually encourage people to do this. If you're trying to you're trying to lose weight, you need to have some type of caloric deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, Miguel's kind of doing the different thing where he's not necessarily losing weight. He's trying to maintain his weighted goal, but he's trying to transfer fat. Yes. Get rid of fat, fat. add muscle. Yeah. You can't turn fat into muscle. Let's, no. let's say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and there's so it's definitely individualistic, of course. Um, depends on the person, depends on your body type, again, your characteristics. So again, what I knew is like I had to like really dive in deep and be aggressive with it. Uh, I'm a very quantifiable person, so I need to know like numbers. I can't. Well, not this is actually a good point. Is I can't just change my diet habits and then kind of see results. I'm a bit high strung and I'm just, again, I'm, a, I'm about numbers. Like I need to see like tangible things. So I knew if I was going to do this, I had to do it pretty well. So I took my my calories and I, I dropped them down a little bit. I usually recommend people doing about a 200 calorie cut. So you, you get your, I'm not going to get into logistics or anything, but like you get your your caloric maintenance, how many calories you can have to maintain the weight you're at. No changes, no fluctuations. Then typically it's, I mean, it's it varies, but they usually say 200 to 300 calories to start with. And then about every couple of weeks, you can cut down another 100. Because again, you want to kind of ease into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I started that for a few days, and then it turned into a point where, so I had my calorie allowance for each day, and then I, uh, couple that with intermittent fasting, which works for me. Do you want to? I don't know if you went over that last one. What is intermittent fasting? Oh, yeah, was, let's explain that. So, 
basically it's just there's there's certain ways you can look at it. Um, a traditional fast is usually pretty drastic. You see people doing like one day on, one day off. That's kind of like what people would actually categorize as fasting. Um, intermittent fasting is more of just a a a window of opportunity to get your calories in and then a larger window to burn those calories in a sense. So I basically, I don't necessarily do fasting. I just have a feeding window where from 12 noon to eight, that is my, my feeding opportunity. I don't really track what times I eat. You know, I don't have like, well, I have to eat at this time, this time, this time. I just, I eat when I want to. First thing I usually do is I try to set my exercise, my workout routine up to match at noon where I have my first meal, and my first meal is usually a protein shake. What I've learned is, and again, everyone's different, and this is what I've come to find. I'm, I'm doing this for how many years now? A bunch. So I've found out what does and doesn't work. So for me right now, in a fasted state, I still feel pretty good working out. And I'm working out at the very peak of my fast. So it's not like I'm working out after 8 p.m. when I'm I'm fed. I'm working out the last two hours of my fa- fasting window or whatever it is. And for some people, you could see that as like negative and they probably can't do it. So again, you have to kind of find it for you. But what I've found is I've, I still feel pretty strong. I've changed my philosophy of training. So I'm not doing crazy CrossFit stuff. It's more conventional physique, bodybuilding-based exercises. Sorry, did you change your training? Or why did you change? You know, Why aren't you, you know, yeah. some people might ask, like, why aren't you doing CrossFit right now as you're trying to lose weight? Because, you know, you do a CrossFit workout, and they're pretty intense. The yes. intensity's high. You're going to burn a lot of calories. Like, you know, devil's advocate, why wouldn't you be doing that? Like, what made you decide to go? What are you doing now for training? So it's just basically I do... Uh, a push, a pull, leg split. So it's more like I do compound movements. I still do like squats. High, high, like more it's aesthetic, moderate or... volume. It's it's aesthetic based. Yeah, okay. it's it's physique based. Um, I'm not bodybuilding per se. I mean, you could categorize it as that, but like I'm not training to lift big weights. I'm not training to have a high capacity engine. I'm just training to look good. So set it's segmented in a sense where I'll do a push style movements on one day, pull style movements on the other day, and then do lower body on the third day. And then I just repeat that for another three days. So it's six days of training, push, pull legs, push, pull legs. And each day is a little different. And then what got you to that style of training from CrossFit? So it, it kind of all matched together. So when we started this, this diet challenge or food challenge, whatever you want to call it, I knew if I was going to limit my calories the style of physical activity that I was going to do probably couldn't be realistic with that. Because when you do things, like if you're an athlete or if you're someone who does very high-intense volume-based training, you need fuel. You need calories to get you through those type of sessions and those type of workouts. Now, for me, I've known in the past, like I've actually done this experimented where I did do more of a limited caloric intake in more of a CrossFit regime and... Couldn't couldn't get through it. My workouts were shit. Uh, I just I burned out to where 
then I would do like two or three days of CrossFit workouts with a, a calorie deficit diet. And by the fourth day, I would have no juice to work out anymore. Plus, I would be like stressed because I haven't had any calories. So then I would just indulge. And it was just that cycle. And that's actually what kind of occurred for the last probably couple of years is I was trying to limit my calories so much and do a, a lot in the gym. And they just don't add up. Yeah, so, you know, hearing this, that's how Brock and I are different. You know, Brock Brock can limit his calories and train the way he's training, like you just said. And if I tried – Brock and I talked about this the other day at my office. If I tried to do that with the style of strength training that I do, I would get burnt out by probably the first day. Yeah. I wouldn't have any energy to lift the amount of weights that I do, and et cetera. So that's why – you know, what, what we want you to hear is – you have to do what's best for your style of training. You know, I wasn't, I'm not willing for me personally, I, I'm not willing to give up my style of training, even though I know if I did and went more of the route like Brock's doing, I would lose more weight a lot quickly. I just want to try it this way. It's kind of, what's kind of cool about this is that everybody should be, when they're looking at losing weight or making changes in their body, they, it's fun to experiment. And that's what Brock's been talking a lot about is just experimenting with what works for him. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you don't get it right the first time. Um, I know what I've done in the past is more I've done what Brock's doing, you know, more aesthetics training, you know, with conditioning of some sort in it as well. And I got results really fast. But I'm trying to test my body to see, okay, if I just change my eating habits up to where I'm not eating crap more than once or twice a week, is that going to change my body physically? And so far, I think I've made small progress compared to Brock, if we compared, but I've, I'm have i seeing changes a little bit. Now, we'll see in the two months when we get done, if I lost a few pounds, like five or ten, I hope, um, and then we'll know that this works. So... It's really just we both had to figure out for ourselves what works and what we want, our goals, and then we're just trying to achieve it in different ways. Now, going back to your intermittent fasting, if you're a person that hasn't ever done intermittent fasting, it's it's a good way to to lose the weight. Um, it's, but it's how I look at it, and again, it's it's all from a, like a, a calorie perspective. Is it's just another way to manage your caloric intake. Yeah, and the best way to to manage your calories and decrease your calories is just eating less. less so yeah. when you're in a in a window of opportunity where you can only eat from this time to this time. Now I feel is when you do this, you need to be again, that's why I did this with the more like calorie tracking like per, I weigh all my food, so I need to make clear of that. So I weigh weigh all my food, I don't even measure it. And how I do this, why I don't just measure out like cups and teaspoons and things compared to actually weighing. I saw this, I actually did it with my uh, whey protein. I took a scoop and I made it, I did, so they say a level scoop of protein, right? Uh, So I put one scoop down and then I actually measured how many grams is in the serving size. And I think it was like eight more grams in the level cup that wasn't measured. So if you want to be really precise, and that's why, again, I knew if I was going to be successful at this, it had to be consistent and it had to be pretty spot on for me. Again, this is my like personal 
trait that I'm talking about. And I think people miss that mark is when they just measure their food compared to actually like weighing it. If you're like, if you're trying to be precise on calories, like every calorie counts and you're hitting a, a, a allowance every day, like for two, if you're hitting 2000 calories, if you're only measuring your food and not weighing it, you're getting more grams of that protein shake. You're getting yeah. more, more chicken, more rice or whatever. So when you think you're hitting your 2000 goal for the day, you might be 10, 20, 50 calories over. And again, if you're trying to be in a deficit, that adds up over the that week. That adds up to sure. where you eventually don't aren't in your deficit. Yeah. And again, that's from experience, and you're not going to know that unless you try those things. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. I was just measuring my food, sc- scooping it, cupping it, whatever. And then I just kind of realized that is like maybe I should weigh this out. And it's a small difference, but like you said, accumulated over time, yeah, it could be a, a lot of calories. You know, Brock and I talked about, you know, how he's able to do this intermittent fasting with how his schedule is, his lifestyle and whatnot, and I don't know how I could. And so that's another thing. If you're looking at, you know, doing some type of weight loss or, you know, changing your eating habits, you really have to figure out what's realistic. You know, if you're able to have a you know, a job or whatever where you can have a feeding window where you can intermittent fast and you can get your feedings in during that period of time where you're fasting, then that's that's good. That's awesome. You know, but if you can't, that probably is not the right and realistic route for you to go. And that's what I realized for myself personally. Would I like to possibly try intermittent fasting? Yeah, but I just don't my schedule wouldn't allow me to eat at those times that I would need to be eating to get my calories in. So it's just figure, really figuring out what works yeah. for you. As far as like actual, like again, the, the intermittent fasting with the the feeding, the traditional one is, is 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of, of feeding. If that adds up, I think. Um, I always recommend people, if you're going to go the intermittent fasting route, start a little bit more, conservative with your feeding window so maybe do like a 10 hour feeding window which i think is kind of normal mm-hmm. for people here and there yeah um and then just slowly reduce that time frame so start for like 10 hours then go nine then go eight um the eight hour window and again this is finding for me is i have my allowance set for the day and after a few days of doing this so i'm now two weeks in i'm finding it when i eat the proper foods so when i weigh and measure and i eat good like realistic whole foods i find it hard to get to that calorie window so like i'm actually in a bigger deficit so if i'm hitting like i said it started out at 2200 calories was my my allowance from my maintenance level i was finding it super hard to get there so i'm like well let's just go to 2000 calories because that's just more of a deficit, so hopefully a quicker change. And then now I, I saved, so I was at 2,200. I did that for five days or so. And again, it was getting hard to do, so I was like, okay, let's cut it down. Did that for like a couple days. And then now it's been like 800 to 900 calories, which isn't a lot. And it depends on the person based on obviously your your BMR, your activity level, et cetera. Uh, and again, how I'm how I'm maintaining that is I'm weighing, I'm measuring, 
Weighing and measuring for me, I've found is it's kind of like a game. So it keeps me interested and it's easier to not just grab food that and kind of on a whim or just on a, an impulse, eat something. Cause if I know if I have to weigh it for one, it slows me down. Um, and you're just more cognizant of it. And it's like somewhat fun because you're like seeing now I know it's like, okay, I don't even have to look up how much like hundred grams of rice is. I just know, okay, hundred grams of rice is 129 calories, uh, 112 grams of ground beef, lean ground beef is like 160. Like it's just now embedded in my brain. And Miguel said this multiple times on this podcast is just, uh, how you create habit is, is by consistency, right? Consistency and somewhat of discipline. And it doesn't change overnight. You just have to be diligent with that. And what's cool is, like I said, it's turning into a process. So if you're going to go the way I did, find your BMR, do the whole calculating thing, whatever. So find your, your calorie maintenance, reduce that couple, like even if it's a hundred calories, if you're in a deficit, you're in a deficit, you're going to lose weight. It just depends on time frame. So I usually recommend a couple hundred calories of a deficit, maybe every week or two weeks, decrease that a little bit. You never really want to go up below 500 calories for the first couple months until you see like good results. And then with the intermittent fasting, like I said too, is start with that larger window, 10 hours or so, and then slowly cut it back. And if you, cause again, if you do it just drastically, it's going it's to be not sustainable, yeah, not sustainable. And that's kind You're of what we're, up for failure. we're talking about is my sustainability of what I do is different to Miguel's is different to Allie's is different to everyone. So you got to find out what works for you and try experiment, fail, yeah. like see what happens. You know, I think too, like with both of us, if we compared and looked at it or most of the people that are in this challenge with us, everybody is just eating healthier, plain yeah. and simple. Like you could eat like crap and still eat less and get a caloric deficit. But if you're a person just in general, if you changed your diet to just cutting out processed foods to one meal a week or two meals a week, you'd lose weight. Yep. And that would, I mean, like what Brock's saying is he needs that quantifiable evidence to, for him, um, to lose that weight. But, you know, and that's how we're different where I know if I'm eating healthy, 90 to 95% of the time, my body's going to make changes. Mm. And you're going to feel less hungry during that day more often. Or you're not going to be as hungry as you normally would if you were eating processed foods during the day. And so you'll see that change just like, I I mean, Brock's the same as me, eating you know your fruits and vegetables, getting those carbohydrates in of some sort, getting your proteins in. I feel more full during the day than I did when I was eating Lots of carbs, you know, lots of breads, lots of pastas, um, you know, more processed foods. Uh, it's just a totally different feeling. It, and so, you know, it, it's hard to understand it until you actually do it. But if you want to challenge yourself, challenge yourself to eating at least one day of eating, taking out the processed foods that you normally would eat and try to stay, you know, with your, your healthier foods and you'll feel different. Yeah. You'll feel good. But then you do it again and again and again, and then you'll see huge changes. I think where people get dieting, like where diet, like dieting gets a bad rap or where people don't succeed at dieting is, again, they, they limit themselves from things that Too they much. enjoy yeah. like r- right away. 
again, it depends. Like it, it depends on like what you're aiming for. You know, like if you want to really like if you want to gain a lot of lean muscle mass while cutting weight, you're probably gonna have to be more precise on your macros and your and your calories and all that stuff. Um, but again, if it's sheerly just from a, a weight perspective, it's more into the calories than anything, right? So you can have again if you if you base it around your your lifestyle and your personality and what your goals are, you can be still in a good healthy diet lifestyle and still enjoy those things. Like we said, is like you don't want to restrict yourself completely because then you start looking at food as like bad. And there's no mm. real good or bad foods. There's just more or less effective foods. Calories a calorie. Obviously, there's there's nutrient dense foods out there, but calorie like calories a calorie. So if you can, and what I've been doing, like I said, we have this group message board, a group chat, where we like share our all our meals and like hold each other accountable. Like you could go look through mine, and I'm having, I think was it was it last night? I had four Oreos. Like. I know that obviously if I just indulge on Oreos, I'm going to eat too much. But if I only have a few, like a serving size, yeah, 160 calories, and I'm satiated to it. So like it, I'm enjoyed. I'm like, I get that that sweet tooth itch. Yeah, and I'm good to go. And if you, again, it has to be a, a small ramp up. So exactly. I always tell people, like, it's the small things. If you're drinking a lot of soda, I, I usually say soda is like the best way to start to cut things out uh-huh. don't cut it out completely just cut less out like you're yeah. saying if you were eating crappy foods every single day maybe take a few of those days try to eat good foods so don't unlim don't limit them yeah. completely yeah but yep all right but enough about that let's uh let's let's talk about something else what do you got miguel so we're, I, might, <laughs> we're gonna get on a little rant here so we're gonna t- we're gonna Jump subject. Yeah, we're going to switch it around a little bit. Miguel has something on his mind. So, (laughs) I don't fucking understand people who, like, post. It's just all over social media. But, like, I don't get, like, they're like, oh, yeah, live your best life when you're working out, going to the gym, you know, feeling good. And these people are already, like, so people are taking pictures, selfies of themselves. And their body types are already, like, the body type where it's, like, you didn't have to go to the gym to look like that. You know, like they they have a genetically gifted, genetically gifted, where their body mass or not body mass, their um, metabolic rate, the resting metabolic rate is already high. So, like, they're a person that could eat like crap and burn those calories, and then but they post like you know, like granted, I I respect that they're they're working out right, they're probably training pretty hard, but it's like you are you are lying to, and we've kind of talked about this, but it's not that you're lying to everybody, but it's like. It, you're giving someone somebody a false, false sense. sense of hope yeah. that you look like this genetically because you're burning more calories in rest. And that's just what it is. You know, I, I give my buddy Dontarius, who's the godfather of Magnus, a hard time all the time because his resting metabolic rate is probably above, it's for sure above 2,000 calories. If he just laid around all day, he'd burn at least probably 2,400 calories, which is absurd. He's 31, but I mean, he's it's his... That's his genetics. Yeah. Like, I mean, genetically, I am nowhere near burning that many calories at rest. Mania, mania. And, and so it's like, but like people, I, I don't get, like, I get it. You're working out, you're training, but like, come on. Like, that's not the, most people are not genetically gifted where they can burn that amount of calories at rest. So 
at the same time, I'm like, you're just a bunch of bullshit. Like it, it's just BS because that's not realistic. There's only a certain amount of population that is that way. And those are the people that are posting the most selfies and pictures about, oh yeah, you know, like training and everything else. Now, are there people out there also that uh, that post things that do have a lower be- um, resting metabolic rate and train their butts off and look like they do? Yes, but I would say I see a more of a majority that already are genetically gifted, where they're able to look the way they do because of genetics. And that's the thing that just pisses me off because it's like I know, and it's and it's probably like people are like, well. You're just jealous that it's not like you. Yeah, for sure. I am. I have to work my ass off, you know, to, but at the same time, it's just, it's being realistic. Would I rather have it this way or that way? I don't know. Some days I'd be like, yeah, that'd be nice to just be able to genetically have the genetics to eat whatever you want and look good. I wasn't gifted with that. You know, I I didn't get that. So I have to work for everything. So then it teaches you a little bit about yourself when you have to work for everything. So do I like it like this? I think some, yeah, a little bit more than I would if I didn't have to. I, but it's just something I never, I just you're more get. You're more appreciative of stuff. Exactly. I think it's exactly. like anything in life is if if you have to take the hard road or the road less traveled, um, that's windy and bumpy and has a lot of speed bumps and stuff. Like when you come out of that journey, like you're more appreciative of like, what it took to get there and like get through that stuff. Yeah. So again, I've, I'm definitely someone, uh, call it a, a easy gainer or whatever it is. Like I'll, I'll look at food and gain weight. Um, and again, <laughs> and it just, it comes from knowing the best people that are going to influence your, like your health habits and the people that are online, they're going to educate you in some perspective. So if you're seeing people that are selling you bullshit, and they're giving it to you as like hard facts, like it's this or that, like no, like this is above and beyond what you what you need. There's nothing better. <clears throat> That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Everything's arbitrary in some sense. Where what works for like we're talking about it. What works for me doesn't work for you necessarily. Uh, so if if you're watching YouTube, if you're on social media, Instagram, Facebook, if you're watching all like these influencers. Really be observative of, of stuff they're saying. Like, what are they feeding you? Like, what what are they giving you? What are they trying to influence you? Are they trying to get just money from you and merchant from merchandise and supplements and pills that are like all bullshit? Or are they actually giving you good advice, good guidance, along with trying to maybe make some money? You know, uh, because that's just it. If if you're gonna just walk through life in a in a fog in a daze and just kind of be a sheep. And just follow follow by lead, not really have any type of self awareness or discipline to like, hey, maybe this person that's saying this is full of shit, or maybe they have an alternative motive that doesn't necessarily appeal to me. Be more like be more cognizant of that. See what they're saying. Like, what are they what are they selling you? What are they trying to convey? What message is it? Are they just wanting you to buy something? Or they just want you to see how cool and lavish of a lifestyle that they have and like their bodies are awesome and they're just trying to want you to emulate that. Are they actually giving you the good proper advice? Like we're saying, like if I'm ever going to put something out there online, I usually try to be pretty self-aware of like what I'm saying to a point where 
I'm going to tell you straight up that, hey, this this solely is what I'm doing right now. You may benefit from it. You may not. This is just kind of what it is. It is what it is. Take it, take it at face value. So, yeah, I do agree with you in the sense of, like, yeah, you see these people that, for one, like, we, I think we talked about, did we talk about Kim K with Allie the other day? I can't remember who it was. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. But, like, you know these people have, they they have success because they have success, whether they fell on it or not. Uh, but they have their their chefs, and they have their, their I don't want to say easy lifestyle, but in some way, you know, like, they don't have the grind like we everyday people have, where, yeah, what they're doing might work for them, but, again, it's suited around their their genetics, their lifestyle, and their lifestyle at times is pretty easy. Cuz like like and like you said Miguel, like you have a hard time of doing intermittent fasting because like your just schedule doesn't fit it. So and if I was the guy that was like, "Well, you need to like shut up about that. You need to figure it out because this is like holy grail, like intermittent fasting or die." Like when you see people like that, you just turn the other way because they're stupid. Yeah, for sure. So it's all about it's all about perspective. It's all about it's all about the individual's look on on the situation. So, kind of how we're talking about influencers and and things like that, Miguel. I want to ask you: Do you have anyone, whether it's past, present, whatever, um, like online wise? Maybe I don't want to say you know them personally, but like, wh- who's maybe influencing you, or who are you getting knowledge from, education from? that you feel is like a good person to follow, whether it's like on a YouTube format, online, just whatever it is. You have any like maybe some power lifters or is there some people like online that are in the influencing yeah, world Yeah, that uh, you can maybe give to our listeners that say, hey, this this guy knows what his shit is. Go follow that or her. Uh, Chris Duffin is a good one from Kabuki, Kabuki Strength. Okay, I've heard um, of that. Yeah, he's super super smart um is he more of like is he oh like an all-around is he more like tuned in on like power lifting or uh he's kind of everywhere yeah, okay it's not like i mean he's he squatted a thousand pounds for three reps okay. at 240 like with knee sleeves on or not for his knees were wrapped i would say um chris duffin yeah with kabuki strength matt winning uh is another good one he's very knowledgeable dave tate from Elite FTS, Jim Wendler, another good one. Um, there's some scientists out there. Um, well, I also follow Louis Simmons because he's pretty knowledgeable. I mean, these are more powerlifting. Uh, Meg Stone was uh, she's a professor. I forget what college she's at. Really good stuff. Really good research out there. Um, you know, I, I I might come across an article. I mean, I I guess like on social media, I just I follow a lot of Olympic weightlifters, but I, it's more like they're not posting things to teach you. It's just like they're weightlifting, like, yeah. um, in like a little bit of like motivation or whatever. Yeah, not even really that. You just want to see like, oh, that's some cool stuff. Cool weight. Uh, what I like of that is like if you just see just a little snippet on like Instagram. Yeah, it's fun to see like variances of of yep. exercise selection and whatever. Yeah. So I like that because I might see something that's like, oh, I uh, that's a good hamstring developer that I maybe never thought of. Or like there's a different way to do a certain thing. Yeah. My, so that's, so that's what I yeah. usually look for when I'm seeing influencers online. Um, again, it's either like 
informative, like that's what I mean by education, or it's just informative in a sense of visualization of, okay, yeah, like they're doing uh, a hamstring developer or a quad developer or whatever it is. They're doing some type of workout in a certain way that's beneficial. It's not like no bullshit. Again, they're not selling you anything. They're just showing you their life, a little snippet of it. Mm-hmm. Um, my, so like I, I started going to the chiropractor. My wife's been going to, um, uh, what's, uh, Dr. Uh, oh, this is bad. I'm having a brain fart. Um, where they Calisisi. Calisisi, yep. So it's, uh, Brady Pearson. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Brady's an awesome guy. So if you ever need to go to a chiropractor, Brady's amazing. But I started going to him a month ago. It was my first time. And I hadn't been to a Cairo in six years. But I thought, you know, it'd be good to get adjusted. I was having a little bit of lower back pain. So I every time I go, I just pick his brain. Because there's there's so much you can learn from other people that are dealing with the body, you know, and that know a little bit more than what you and I do, you know, scientifically and whatnot. So I always pick his brain. But he gave me the name of a guy to start following on social media. And his name is uh, Richard... Ohm, so it's Simmons. Yeah, Richard Simmons. <laughs> Richard Ohm, uh, DC, DC. And he said he used to be an old powerlifter. Or he used to he's not old, but he used to be a powerlifter. But he is, I believe, he spoke at a conference that Brady went to. Chiropractor conference. And so I haven't I mean, I I, I started following him. I haven't looked into his videos yet. What is it, Richard? Uh here. Ohm? Yeah, DC. It's right here. But Damn. he's yep. He said that he's a really good one to follow. Gotcha. So I'm I'm gonna start looking into his info. I have some guys though that like, you know, I that have coaches that I've worked with um, that I'll give shout outs to that are super super knowledgeable in strength conditioning, and that'd be my cousin Ike Hammerly. He taught me a ton. Um, Josh Beauregard. He was the Iowa State wrestling strength conditioning coach, and now I don't I, I don't know where he's at now. Um, Corey Gray was another good one um, that gave me a bunch of knowledge about strength conditioning. Um, Nick Davis was at UNI with me. He's in Des Moines now. And then Jed Smith was uh, or is the head strength coach at UNI. Learned a lot by from him. Um, coach Hootie down at uh, KU. Uh, we went and spent some time with her a few years back. Very knowledgeable. She taught me quite a few things in the day or two that we were there. Travis Volantis, uh, he's at Tex. He's in Texas. Texas ain't it? No, he's a Texas Longhorn. Uh he was the coach that I worked under at Wyoming. Super, super smart guy. There, so there's just been a handful of coaches that I've worked with or had the opportunity to work under, I should say, that have taught me a lot. You know, and so if I. I use those as references quite a bit. Um, I got a great group of buddies that I also use from grad school, you know, to teach me more things. You know, Matt Springer from Fort Dodge, he's taught me quite a bit. He's always guys. He's always a guy I can push my ideas off of. And then there's a handful of guys from you and I that I always, if I don't, if I'm not certain with something, or want their feedback, I'll be asking them. And we have a good group of guys in a text message going about different things that help us get better as coaches. And I think like that's, you know, what you're talking about. You need that in the field. You know, you need to have somebody, 
you know, that you can bounce ideas off of. So, and this is kind of going off on a tangent, but last night I met, um, he used to be the sophomore football coach with Todd Constable when you were there. Because I brought up your name. He's like, he used to be. He, uh, he was a science teacher at the high school, I believe. And now he's not. He's an instructional, or I forget what he called, what his um, title is. But yeah, he was. I remember when we were when I was in high school, he was there. Okay. But he said he remembered you because you played on the sophomore team, and he was with Todd. Okay. At the time, but anyways, they his position now is a person where if a teacher needs, you know, some some help in the classroom with, you know, they're gonna go over this lesson plan or it's not working, he'll come in in there and sit in and. St- give ideas to that teacher, which helps them teach better. Or, you know, if kids are all questioning, you know, something about the lesson plan or something that she's teaching or he's teaching, he can help that teacher out with the different perspective. So what I'm going at and how this ties into what I was just saying was it's the same thing as coaching. You know, it's if you have somebody to bounce your ideas off of or, you know, somebody like you and I that if I have an idea and I'm not sure it's going to be work or work with my athletes, I may, you know, ask you, what would you do? Yeah. You know, but you always need somebody like that just to make sure that you feel good in what you're doing or is it the right thing? Is there a better way? Because there's sometimes there, there is a better way to do it and you just don't see it. So it's nice having, you know, the people on social media that you can see what they're doing, you know, with their athletes or like, you know, things that they're talking about. Or even the coaches that I've worked with, or or the GAs that, when um, at you and I that, when we were there, that we can talk and figure out what's you know best route to go. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I know it's hard at times too, but it's it's good to just be a sponge and just absorb as much as you can. I know there's probably going to be people out there that like, you might see them say something and just because, I don't know, personal reasons or, like, whatever, like, you maybe, you just don't like their face. And you just like, well, fuck that guy, because mm-hmm. whatever. It's So it's it's a hard thing to grasp, but, yeah, you need to be as much, absorbing as much knowledge as you can. And then, like I said previously, is don't be afraid to go against that knowledge at times, too. Like, ask questions, be involved. Don't be afraid to kind of play devil's advocate, because um, that's kind of what just life is right now. Like, people see... Anything on social media, political, uh, what like whatever it is, whatever you see on social media, like they just they see it at face value and they take it as like literal fact. They don't do a deep dive in this. They don't ask questions. They don't push back. And you're gonna come to find that when you do that, push back more and ask more and try to be more involved, you're gonna get the the actual advice and actual knowledge you need rather than again this like fluff stuff so i just want to kind of give some of my people that i follow um they're going to be very similar yeah west side's a very good one louis simmons um i know dave tate at elite fts that's another good one if you're looking for like a strength i would say those are probably like my two that i kind of follow and kind of go along and then what's cool about that stuff is they have like like west side has like multiple educated people under it. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. The same thing with Elite FTS. Yeah. One that I've got into recently uh, is hybrid hybrid performance method. Where's that at? Uh, that sounds familiar. 
I don't know where it's at per se, but uh, you know Steffi Cohen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's her. The okay, chick, that's, yeah. That's why. Yep. This again. This is why I love like knowledge is knowledge, and it doesn't really matter who it's coming from. Uh, if you have an open mindset, you're gonna find again. You're gonna f- get the things you need and and want to know. Uh, probably the last month, I've just been following a lot of her content and reading a lot of her like stuff. I like people who are very like science based. Like they yeah. give me the evidence, and they even get, like they'll they'll tag or they'll they'll put in the comments like the articles that they're going from, and and they'll describe it more. You know, I know there definitely has to be like a, a layman's term. A lot of things, like if you're trying to create content, it needs to be vocal to majority of people. But I love the people that can give you the scientific evidence in a very digestible way. And then when you want to know more, they give you the tools no more. Like, Hey, like here's the, here's the article. Here's the research. Here's what the hell it's saying. Yeah. If you want to like, cause some people like I'm a guy that I'm stupid smart. I like to call me that. It's like, I like to know a lot. I, I research a lot, but when it comes to like brass tacks on like energy system or like, chemical reaction type stuff like when you start getting really scientific with me i check the f out so i need a lot of things that are very digestible but at the same time it's like i'm i i love to know and i'm mm-hmm. like to see things you know it, i saw there was a youtube video that was so i watched you know kabuki strengths youtube videos that, that he on their channel and there was one where Ed, Ed Cohen's another one that I try to follow. Knows a shit ton about strength and powerlifting and whatnot. But he, him and uh, Chris Duffin were together. And it was interesting to hear them talk about each other. You know, like Eddie, Ed Cohen's talking about like, yeah, Chris Duffin taught me, you know, this, this, and this. Had no idea, you know. And these are two elite people in the strength world that, you know, they're using each other's ideas to learn more. And that just shows you right there that like you don't ever know truly everything. And the same thing, I saw a video with uh, Louis Simmons and Stephanie Cohen together, and Louis teaching Stephanie other ways to train to get her stronger. She's like, I never do these things. I've never tried this. And it's just like even then you're you're being you know you're putting yourself in a position where you don't know it all. And those all those four people are very respectful people in the field of of strength training training in general, you know, fitness, they, they all are very, very smart, but even they're able to say, you know, I'm not the smartest person. Louis Simmons will say it on his podcast. He's reading books constantly day in and day out to learn what's the best way to train. And so it's, you know, being able to do that. Those are the best people in in the, in the industry are the ones that know that they're, they're all, they always can be learning and they're always can be evolving and changing to become the best. And then that's how they become the best because they're they have those ideas from other people that they have never tried to put into place, or they are learning from other people to use in their own training or to help train other people, and it makes sense. You know that's that's how it needs to be. Yeah, I know at times it could be definitely a catch twenty two, but having the realization that you're always going to be a student of something, mm-hmm. you might find a new hobby that you know completely nothing about, and then you might indulge in that. Kind of what I do with the video thing. Uh, I'm only a couple years into it, but 
I want, I just, I just want to know more. And then if you have that mindset, again, it could be somewhat, uh, discouraging at times because I know some people are like, well, I just, I need to know like now, like Mm -hmm. I know, like there's really never an end point of knowledge, right? You can always learn something. Yes. So when you can just grasp that realization of like, okay, well, I'm just going to constantly be learning. That's why I wish school was a little bit different in the sense of they just give you the tools to like start to understand that. Cause I feel like everything, like when you go from like grade to grade and like whatever to whatever, you always feel like, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave behind a certain skill set or whatever to know something different. Yeah. And I just wish it was, it was more considerative of like always just being a student. Cause you always see that. Well, when I'm, when I'm done with high school, I'm, I'm done like reading books. I'm done, whatever. Like, yeah. it's put a negative connotation on education Mm -hmm. because like you're just in it the whole time. So I, I always think of that a lot is like, I just wish school was different. I don't know if how to explain it, but because now I'm like, I'm sitting here. It's like, I'm educating myself on things that I wish I want to know because it's more practical to the things that I'm trying to do. Whereas like, there's so much things in school that I felt like that, that was a total, waste of time well you know we talked about this last night with the group of coaches i was with and we said that like there's so much stuff that in school that we were taught that we didn't retain yeah and even in college like there's a lot of and you can't that, really retain no it's just but, so fast paced but we somebody i think it was skip this shout out to skip brought up i think it was skip i'm just apologize if it wasn't you skip but i think he somebody said that school what it ultimately does is it teaches you how to or it should be teaching you how to, since everything is at your fingertips, you shouldn't be no. You should be able to know when you get out of school how to look something up, you know. And that's what school should be teaching you is if it's not teaching you how to find the answer of whatever question you have, then you're not learning correctly. And I think that really makes sense to me because, literally, if I have a question, I can look it up. But it's figuring out how you find the best information, not the best source, well, obviously the best sources, but the how you find the information, you have to have that skill, you know? And, yeah. and, 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 I, and he added more to it, and so I apologize, Skip, but it, it makes sense. You know, I, it's crazy because you don't, I never retain, I didn't retain everything I learned. If you're not continually working on it, you're going to lose it, right? Yeah, for And sure. so there's a lot of things that, you know, I need to get better at, and I'll be honest, 100% honest, like the anatomy of the body, like I struggled on that in college and I still struggle in some ways of knowing, okay, this muscle group is called, you know, this, this, and this. And I probably shouldn't say that, but you know, those are things I haven't worked on and memorized since college. Yeah. And I haven't like, needed to, I mean, I know what they do. I know their function and everything else, but to know it to the T, like I wish I did, I need would need to get the textbook out and study it, but I can do that. I know how to study. Yeah, and school taught me that. That's what's school. so cool about it right now is like just there's so much knowledge at your fingertips that, I mean, yes, you need to know some, but if if you have question, if someone's bringing you a question, it's so convenient now to like find that. Yeah, like where I could see like 20, 30 years ago, like if you didn't know something, it was very hard to yeah. f- figure that out. You had to go do some deep research. And now it's awesome where it's like, okay, like you said, it's like, 
you should I mean you should know you need to know what you need to know. Yeah. But there are things is like if you don't retain it. I was actually doing this the other day is just figuring out certain like certain mechanical things of the body. Yep. Abduction, yep. adduction, all this yeah. stuff. Like how 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 things work in a more like on a more molecular level. It's like I guess I didn't retain that because it didn't really apply to what I was doing at the time. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the application. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the crappy thing is you don't really know what's going to be valuable to you until you get to a certain place. Yeah. So it's it would be more valuable of like having experience blended with education, like from an early standpoint. And I know it's hard to like know like what you're going to do when you grow up, but if there was some way to again, apply information in a practical setting. Cause then you could, then you could figure out, it's like, okay, if I'm going to be a mechanic, like make it more practical instead of reading a textbook and just looking at a, uh, a monitor. Yeah. And then I know eventually it turns into practical, but if there's that disconnection from classroom to the practicalness of it, Mm -hmm. it's, it's harder to retain. But when you're learning as you're doing it's more retainable. Yeah, for sure. And I wish, and again, it's not, it's not everything isn't that way. I know there's some teachers, there's some educational institutions that do that, but for me, and that's just for me too, I know everyone learns differently, but if there was a better way of, again, applying it more practically earlier on, I guarantee I would have retained a lot more. You know, we, we were talking about Last night, too, we brought up some good topics about most of the kids, students right now, don't know what they're good at in the classroom, and they don't know what they're passionate about. For sure. And those two things are huge to figure out what you should be doing with a career in your life. Mm -hmm. And I look at my when I was back in high school, I knew I was good at music. I thought I was passionate about it. I mean, I love music, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I learned in college I wasn't as passionate about that as the weight room. I don't even know where the weight room came from. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You're on two opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. But luckily for me, I found that I was passionate about the weight room and I was good at working with people. So then I found a career in the strength conditioning world. Most people haven't found either. Or, yeah, I would say either. I would say most people haven't found really their niche. Yeah. And they haven't found their passion. Now, we were debating, you know, we were talked about if you can find what you're good at, you can have a career in it. And then you can figure out, you know, sometimes you you won't be passionate about it. But you could find a ha- a hobby that you're passionate about. Where I think I could say it for you that we're both in a position where we've found for us at our you know, you're close to thirty, but like at the thirty age mark, where we're working a job that we're good at and that we're passionate about. And I think that's you know, unfortunately, not everybody's like that. Yeah, a lot of people I know are not like that, and that's unfortunate. They just never found. They not not that they can't. They just haven't found out yet what they should be doing with career, you know. So I it was just an interesting topic to talk about and whatnot. Definitely, I know 
I want to get your stance on this, but I know if I could go do it all over again, I would probably get a little bit of a different degree right out of high school, like maybe just like something general, and I would just go experience more shit. Like I felt, and again, it it turned when out. When you say experience, somewhat. like what would you like? What like what? Ex- I don't know, like. I would take that debt that I had. Okay. Cause I, so I took a year and a half of criminal justice that I don't do a damn thing with. And I'm yeah. never going, I never want to. Yeah. So I just, I wasted a year and, year and a half, half of my life essentially. You know, and I know there's certain tools and certain factors that I learned from that, that mm-hmm. still apply to my life. But yeah. I just, I would, I would hardly, I would highly encourage like kids coming out of high school now is just be as, as broad of, of subject matter, like in your first couple years of, of college and use that time to figure out what you do like. And then, like I said, you could get just a, a basic freaking degree, go to a two year, get something that's, I mean, I don't know, something general, something practical that kind of streamlines a, a multiple careers and then just go out and just figure things out. Yeah. Cause there's so many things like I could make, like you said, I don't necessarily know what I'm good at, but how am I going to know what I'm good at if I don't go try those certain things? I think we should have, one thing that would have helped, and this was what I brought up last night because we talked about this too, that most, a lot of kids get told that by their parents, like, get a business degree. Yeah. But they don't really want to, I mean, because it's practical. Yeah. But at the end of it, they don't really want to do anything with business. You know, so they have this business degree, but... They haven't found out, you know, maybe they're not good at it and maybe they're not passionate about it. Yeah. So I think it turn comes down like what well, I do have a little bit of like of that, like a hey, business degree might be like if you don't know what the hell you're doing. I mean, yeah, because there's at least there's some type of tools that if you want, if you find what you're really passionate about, like my video stuff. Yeah. Then you can, you can create, create, turn that into, into a, business. a business for sure. But then at the same, yeah, I do agree where you at the same factors like. Some people don't, don't even give a like. Don't want yeah, to run an yeah. own business. They don't want anything to do. So with then a you business. wasted four years of. Now you're in four years of debt instead yeah. of a year and a half, saying I don't even want to do anything in business. I know. And what I'm getting at is, I think the only thing that saved me from changing from music, and I, I don't make. I don't want people to think that I hate music because I love music. It's it's huge in my life. But the only thing that saved me from going with that career and then ending up with not doing anything with that in the end was being able to do an internship my sophomore year and not waiting until my senior year. Yeah. Because you could, at Luther, it was required to do an internship while you were in college. I don't think you could do it your freshman year, but you either had to do it sophomore, junior, or senior year before you left school. And most of the time... It's a good call, probably. It is. And so, like, for me, we... You could do it at any time. You could do like, I think you could do a week internship or something. Yeah. But I chose to do my internship during the month of January when we didn't have class. Yeah. So that was kind of like my class credit. So you could focus. Like so I just, on a bunch of things yeah, at once. Yeah. And that yeah. was the best experience because I was literally hands on for a month What'd at you do? William Penn. I went down to William Penn. Okay. And they I got to stay in the dorms. I lived um, in the same little dorm area is one of the coaches, Josh. And it was a good eye-opening experience because Josh made me go through the trenches. Yeah, Josh made me get up at, when he got up at like 4 a.m. And we, I think we, maybe it's 4 or 4.30, I don't remember. I think it was, but we, he made me go with him 
ride with him to the gym, sat around. You know, we got things prepared for the first group at 6 a.m. And then it was talking in the office, listening to the guys, you know, them teaching me things. And we'd train. And we'd have more groups and so forth. So that was literally the job that I did everything a strength coach was doing. Yeah. But if I didn't have that experience in sophomore year, I wouldn't have changed my my degree. You know? So how would you – you had your music degree or whatever it was. I, I started with music my freshman year. Yeah. And I realized that I wasn't passionate about it because, first off, I had – I realized music was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because you're naive, right? You don't know anything. You think you do, but you don't. Yeah. So I was taking a bunch of music classes that – I was really struggling through, you know, things that I'm just like, I don't even care. You know, like, I don't care about this. I, I, I have, I have perfect pitch. Yep. And so, you know, did I ever explain what that was or what that is? I've heard, like, you can hear a note, right? I hear a note and and I can tell you what it is. Yep. So, I mean, I, in our, we, there's different classes for music where you do, um, you do, you learn how to conduct, you learn how to write music you learn how to um you work on i don't even want to remember like just listening like hearing and then knowing you know is that flat is that you know pitch and whatnot Mm -hmm. but all these things were like geez like i don't like this like this is not what i thought music was going to be about yeah and it kind of ruined the experience for me and then i had a vocal instructor so like part of being a vocal major you had to take private lessons and I had this lady that was an operatic vocal instructor, and I'm like, I'm not interested in opera. And I and I apologize if you're an opera singer. Like, granted, like that's a different style of music. I just don't find interest in that. Yeah. And I knew that. I knew like, and so we clashed from the get go, and that pushed me away from it because I'm like, lady, like I don't respect you. She didn't respect me. She, I, I didn't respect her. She was too serious for me. I'm like, I'm not that serious about this. And so that pushed me away more from music. Do you ever see? Is it Whiplash? Uh, I don't know. The, if I, the it's with uh, I can't remember the actors, but the drum the drummer guy. Okay. And the the instructor just abuses the shit out of him. Yeah. Was this chick like that? Just so yeah, she that just type of seriousness. Oh, she was serious. Like if you don't come here early and you're not practicing, I don't want you around. And I said, you know what, lady, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I don't care what you say. Wait, I, I mean, I about lost my my mind. I was just gonna tell her everything I thought about her, but I didn't. I just said, you know what? That's fine. She's like, I don't want you in my studio anymore. And I'm like, great. I don't want to be here. Let's, let's let's part ways. So then I got a different instructor that was awesome. His name was Dr. Struve. And he was more laid back. And he understood, like, this wasn't... I had to take music lessons throughout the career, which, I, which I'm glad I did. But I had to do it for my four years to keep on scholarship. Mm-hmm. So I did do that. But in... So, like, that was cool. And he was a good... Uh, I liked him a lot. Um, but... I got pushed away because of classes and instructors that I didn't like that. And I'm not just blaming them. It was a lot of me. My efforts were poor because I didn't care. So then after freshman year, I'm like, I went to my advisor and I said, I don't want to, I don't like this anymore. You know, I, I I don't, I I like to be in the weight room. What can we do with that? Because you're already a part of the weight room. Because I was always During just, that. I, I was just lifting all yeah, the time. That's you know, I just had just my training on your own. And yeah, my same time from four to like six thirty, I'd train and then I'd go eat and then I'd study after that. So that was part of me, and like that's the time where I should have been practicing, you know, vocal performance, practicing all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like I don't care. So then sophomore year is when I was, my advisor said, "Well, 
have you looked into any strength conditioning things or like, have you looked into being a personal trainer? And I said, I don't want to be a personal trainer. That doesn't sound fun. And then he's like, well, what about, you know, a strength conditioning coach? And I'm like, what is that? You know, I don't even know what that is. And then ironically, my mom's like, well, your cousin's a strength and conditioning coach. I'm like what? And so it just worked out, you know, where I, he allowed me to come down there and then that's really what got my feet wet mm-hmm. and started my career. But it's just kind of weird how everything just lined itself up. I was very fortunate in that way where I didn't have to go searching and I had some connections to make me realize where I needed to be. But most people don't have that, you know, or they don't see it. Or they don't acknowledge it. Or they don't acknowledge I think it. If, like, I think your heart and your, in, like your intuition, your internal intuition is going to pull you in certain directions. Yeah. And it's definitely up to you. To, to decide if to you're going to gonna go. And more, and then, often, uh, more often than not, I think you and me both did this. We we just gravitated to that pull, right? Yeah. Something was pulling us in a certain direction. And yeah, you have you have two two decisions. Or you have a decision. You can either go with the pull or you can be against it and just do or, what or you're usually, pressured. Yeah. You know, you're pressured to not go with the pull. So that's ironically, like I said, we have very, very similar, different but similar because when I started college, I got told to do like just job security, take the like take take the easy way in, mm-hmm. right, and just do what's gonna be sustainable, and just, you're you're gonna be secure in life. Yeah, you're gonna take that secure path. Um, not saying I didn't have any interest in criminal justice or criminology. What would you have done with that? Would you have been a cop? Yeah, I wanted to be like task force type stuff. So do you think if you would have done like a job shadowing experience, and that's what I wanted to get at, would that have changed your mind? Maybe. Okay. Um, But again, yeah, as you you just, you take your classes, you take your certain things, and you start to realize. My biggest things were, it was either like the, the psychoanalysis type of thing. So I wanted to be on like a, a, uh, a task force that did like psychology stuff, like talk down like, Ah, threats and yeah. like people that are like suicidal and stuff yeah, like yeah. that was something I was very like interested in and then uh like forensics was something I was also interested in but interest like everyone has interest yeah like just because I doesn't watch, mean that yeah, you would... just because like I watch Star Wars movies doesn't mean I want to go be a freaking Jedi Jedi yeah <laughs> you know like you know, you know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah yeah um and I had the passion to be like in in fitness and things like that early on. I think I was even like a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. But again, I was, like you said, pressured into a certain path. Yeah. Luckily, like I said, you have that, like there's some, comes a point in your life where you're, you're, you're pulled in a certain direction that God or whatever type of being you want to uh, think about is, is pushing you towards. Yeah. And you have that decision to, just go with the flow and and pursue that or, or let things kind of happen or go against it and, and take that safe path, right? Mm-hmm. So I made a decision. And again, it came down to just like you said, I just hated hated uh, hated all of like what was going on. Yeah. It just wasn't wasn't exciting, wasn't fun. Just whatever. I started to exercise a lot more. I was in the college gym a lot. Ended up getting a job there at the desk. And that was just because I was around all the time. That's how it, things happen for a weird reason, obviously. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just luck. Like, yeah, who's like, I was just fortunate to be around at the right time to get the right job. 
and yeah. then that propelled me forward. Yep. And that's what has got me here today, and that's how we how we're here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, we got we got fortunate, you know. But that doesn't mean like if you haven't found your your niche that you can't. I think that, but yeah, that time probably it comes differently for different people. Yeah. So some people could go 40, 50 years of their life before they really find out what they're truly like passionate about and what they want and what like what they're what good the, at. What the the galaxy desires them to be. Or it comes real early. Like I'm not saying if you're passionate about something in high school that you don't shouldn't pursue it. Again, it's very person to person. I still think you should be more diligent about things and like don't like, yeah. Cause like not saying we wasted our times during those first couple of years of college, but it's just times you don't have, it's money you don't have back yeah. to. Like that's the it, one thing for me is like, I just wasted all that money. And you know, it's crazy too is like things change in a year. Yeah. You know, like, um, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I never, you know, like, and that's the thing most people don't realize, um, that they, they only see the, the now they forget, like things change quickly. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I was, you know, there was a, there was a guy, one of the mentors I've had said, you don't ever want to run a gym. gym. And so that always got stuck in my head. Like, yeah, he's probably right. Like, I, I, I don't think I'd like to do that. And, but then I was like, part, there's always something pushing me. That's like, why won't you like you, there's a, there's a need. There's people that would want to come to it. Why aren't you listening to this need? Mm -hmm. And you don't like these things about other gyms that you think you can do better. Why not change it and do that? I'm always been a person. Like if you don't like something, you change it, take that initiative. And so then that pushed me. But I always in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I probably won't like it because that's this guy that I know that I respect told me that I wouldn't. But, you know, I do. I enjoy it. So if I would have listened, then I wouldn't have done it. And then I would still be wondering, what if I would have started a gym? What if I, you know, I never wanted to have the what ifs. And I didn't want to have start that now. Yep. And so I just said, you know what, screw it. Let's just go ahead and do this and hope for the best. Knowing, and I was pretty confident that opening my own space to train, I would have people that would follow. And it's happened so far. So I'm thankful for everybody that has followed me to this gym and who are there and then my athletes and whatnot that has made it possible. But that's a dream that's came true. And if I waited on it, it would I would have been 56 years old and said, dang it, I wish I would have started a gym. You know, I wonder what would have happened. Yeah. And I'm way more happy now where I have my own spot where I can do where I want and don't have to deal with people besides people who want to be there, that it makes it all worthwhile for me. And so it's just been, you know, a learning experience. But a year ago, last January, last March, it was just getting started in my head like maybe this is actually possible. The year before that, no way. It was just a dream. Yep. So it's just been, you know, continually to, to work, 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 grind and whatnot. And then, okay, now I can financially or now I can finally ha make that dream come true. And that's another thing, too. People have dreams and most of their dreams they never allowed themselves to accomplish. You know, you have dreams that were given to you for, for, for a reason. 
but most people don't know how or most people don't think they can or there's something that's not allowing them to accomplish that dream when it's in the end it's just yourself if you have a dream why wouldn't you try to accomplish it why wouldn't you try to make it a reality and then not live the rest of your life wondering the what if I would have done that do not if there's ever anything that I've learned so far it is if you have something that you're thinking about doing and that you possibly would have regrets with later on life if you don't do it to me that's telling you realistically I'm saying that's telling you that you should be doing it and usually that's like a profession that's something now don't be an idiot with that you know like I'm not telling you to do something stupid but if you have that dream why aren't you going after it you know why aren't you what's stopping you there's so many people that are negative about that that are haters or whatever but like it's just like at the end of the day like just go get it like that is all you have to do go get it you gotta want it bad enough and you can make it happen and in the end yeah it's gonna be a struggle for sure you're gonna have your ups and downs but you'll see that it's worth it and I'm only saying this from my own experience of opening my own gym. You know, my wife believed in me. All the people that followed me believed in me. And now we're making it a reality. And we're going to probably be growing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're running out of space. In the six months we've gotten it, we're running out of space. And that's a great problem to have. But now I'm like, oh, dang. Now I got to add on more to it, which I knew I was going to. But now it's it's like, okay, this is a good problem it's to have. faster than you thought. Yeah. But... You know, we're at least at the spot where we have the gym. So we got that. Now we're just at the spot where we're like, okay, let's add on to it. Let's get more equipment. Let's make this even bigger than what it is. And then let's recruit more people to come. Yeah. No, you you definitely hit some great points there. Like, we're just saying how we if we didn't, like, I say it, like, I wish I would have done something a little differently in the first couple years of college. To some degree, but also some degree I don't. Because if I didn't do those things, then I wouldn't have realized that I didn't like those things. So it's one of those where it's just a ebb and flow situation where you're not going to know until you absolutely know. Yeah. So, yeah, you're definitely right. Is like taking taking chances, taking risk, being willing to to fail and and try and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you're either going to be successful or you're going to be more understandable of what you don't want or what you aren't capable of. So failure is never a, a, a bad thing. It's just something to to take as a positive and turn it into something that's successful. Yeah. So that's super awesome. Yeah. <sighs> Think call it? Yeah. I'm Sounds good. pretty good. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to hit the follow button on Spotify, wherever this is at. Uh, do what you got to do. We'll be sharing it out. So if you see this post, Facebook, wherever, try to share it out. Uh, get people, get the get the ears feedback. Going. Give us feedback yeah, of some us, sort. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. Yep. Any topics, any ideas. Maybe if you want to hear something that we brushed upon very shortly, if you want to hear more in depth, just, yeah, let us know. Give us your thoughts. Other than that, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.